0: welcome to another episode of employability matters a careers related podcast where we dive into all topics associated with the world of work this episode is part of the international series which highlights entrepreneurs who have moved from their native country to start a new life elsewhere introducing you to edward bolcher jr founder of jamfet france which promotes brand Jamaica and culture in France, as well as creating opportunities in the European marketplace for Jamaican businesses and entrepreneurs. In this episode, you will hear all about Edward's entrepreneurial activities to representing the Jamaican diaspora in France through his organization Jamfet. He also talked through his experiences and proudest moments living in France. So let's get started. So welcome, welcome to another episode of Employability Matters, the podcast where we dive into all topics associated with the world of work. And this particular series, we're called the International Series. I'm interviewing people from around the world who have left their native country and moved to another to set up a new life or a new business, etc. So I am so pleased and blessed to be able to introduce you to Edward Boucher, who is the founder of Jamfet. And we are going to hear about his journey leaving the sunny island of Jamaica my mother's country my mother's land yeah to France can you imagine leaving Jamaica and going to France you know but we're going to hear all about it so welcome Edward how are you doing today?
1: Thank you very much for having me Sophia thank you so much for having me it's it's a pleasure to be here Um, I'm doing well today is a very warm day in Paris which is not it doesn't happen very often so you know I'm pretty much enjoying the the warmth
0: do you know what it's so interesting because even here today in the UK it is about like 14 degrees but it's so sunny it's just so beautiful so once I finish from this interview I'm gonna go and take a walk (laughs) you know as I said get that vitamin D going and stuff you know so Eddie, Edward, sorry, Edward, I am just so interested to hear about why did you leave the sunny island of Jamaica, you know, to France and left and gone to France? I want to hear what your backstory is as
1: to why you left Jamaica. Well, I'm, I'm what you call a country bumpkin. I don't know oh. if you know that. It's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a country bumpkin. I am a country boy and I'm proud to be a good old country boy, um, I actually I'm from a small district called Land Settlement and it's interesting because I used to be so embarrassed to say that name
0: Why? <laughs> when, I
1: was primary, when I was going to primary school because it just had that name of settlers on a land you know Land Settlement so you know little kids we were very um, we were teased sometimes because of what we ate or because of what we uh, were called, etc. So sometimes I was a bit embarrassed to say that I was from oh. Land Settlement. Today I'm proud to say that I'm from Land Settlement in Manchester. It's a small district just outside uh, Williamsfield, not oh, too know far from I Williamsfield.
0: I know Williamsfield, Right. Yeah. So
1: Land Settlement is like one of the adjacent uh, communities to Williamsfield. Mm -hmm. And so I I went to school there, I went to Belfield Primary, I went to Hope Village Basic School and then I went on to Manchester High. Manchester High School uh, has a reputation of being the language beacon of not only Central Jamaica but Jamaica because I remember when I got to university and the teachers discovered that I was from Manchester High. They had a lot of expectations. Um, They had a lot of expectations because of who my teacher was at Manchester High. Uh, My teacher was Adir Dyer. And um, she was inspirational. I mean, she she passed away only a few months ago in, uh, I think it might've been August of last year. And um, she was, you know, those people who you could say were revolutionaries. She came to the school. Uh, she was a bit up in age when she got to Manchester High, but she was already using technology in the classroom. She was using the music, she was using uh, videos, things that now we're looking at as great inventions. She was using that in the 90s. To teach us french and so it caused us to be addicted to french we were addicted to french we were inspired we went to all the french competitions in jamaica we won everything we won the french festivals we won the french vocabulary competitions all the french quiz competitions even when i did school challenge quiz the moment they said french you automatically knew that manchester high we're going to get that question correctly. And I even remember we were playing Monroe. And we had lost to Monroe for two consecutive years in Schools challenge quiz. And this was the quarterfinals. And, uh, you know, we were ahead in the match. And then Monroe started to come back. And then they passed us. And we, my team, we just started to look at each other. and We were like, oh, my God. Don't tell me that the same thing that has happened for the last two years is going to happen again. And then the the quiz master said French. And we answered that French question. And from that, we just answered all the questions after that. And we won the match, you know, upset at Monroe because they were seeded. They were one of the best teams. And we, you know, because of that French, so I, I, Loved French, I developed a love for French. And when I, but I, uh, my passion was um, media and communications, I wanted to do broadcasting. So when we got to UE, uh, you know, I think some meeting me bright, with me intelligent, there's no way I can be rejected from the media class. So we had to do uh, an entrance exam did the entrance exam. I was sure that I passed it because it was about general current affairs, local and international affairs. I was convinced I passed the exam. The results came back. I wasn't accepted to, into Kairamak, which was the responsible for media and broadcasting in Jamaica. So I wasn't accepted. And I got the acceptance letter from the university and they had me down to do history, a bachelor's in history. And I was like, I don't understand this. There's no way I would have failed that exam. So I was so upset. I marched down to Karamak and I demanded to see the head of Karamak because I'm like, there's absolutely no way I didn't get into Kerimac. So I met the head and they're like, okay, we're gonna look at your exam paper. And they actually did look at it. And they're like, well, in fact, you did pass and you did have a great grade. But we had too many applicants. And so we had to do like a sort of raffle. So they just did like pick like 30, I think. So I was so furious because like all my life, I wanted to be a journalist, a broadcaster, a radio announcer. So I was really upset. And then um, one of the guys, one of the managers at Carimac, he's like, oh, uh, we could. You could we could accept you into karma, but you would have to do public relations. Now, this is when I tell you I'm country because for me, public relations was the worst position ever. Because <laughs> 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 I remember going to church and they were like, Oh, we're gonna call the public relations. And all the public relations did was to welcome people who were um, visiting the church. So in my head, you know. I'm thinking that that's all public relations was a oh, lack of knowledge, you know, I'm like, there's, I'm not going to university to study to go read we without welcome in church. And <laughs> so um, that was unfortunate, because, you know, I, di- I didn't realize at the time what it meant to have a public relations officer for a company or nothing like that. So eventually, I was like, I'm not going to do French, I'm not going to do history. So. An option was French. And my idea was that I would have done French for one year and then I would transfer to Carima for the second year. But the French program was very exciting. And as a result, I continued doing French at the university. They had an exchange program with France. Uh, actually, the French program was what allowed me to travel, first and foremost. I went to Barbados, Trinidad to compete in French uh, Caribbean festivals. And then there's a program that allows students of French to leave Jamaica to come to France as teaching assistant. So it started out of a passion at in high school and uh, out of a, I'd say an unfortunate <laughs> circumstance at university, but in the end, you know, um, I'm here now in Paris.
0: Awesome, awesome, because um, I looked up um, about, Um, to find out how many Jamaicans are living in France. And they say over 200 people. And I was like, I'm sure there's more than over 200 people. This is like 2017 data. So I'm sure there's more than over. (laughs) I know they say over, which is a minimum, but I'm thinking much more than that, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. Because like at our um, events, like some of our events, we're pooling like over 500 Jamaicans. So, for example, we have our WhatsApp group. There is like about 150 in the group.
0: Wow. And
1: I have a mailing list of other Jamaicans who are not in the group. And that mailing list has about 120. So already we're in the 300s. It's a lot more. There are some who tend to be a bit isolated, recluse. We don't really see them around. And there are others who we see all the time, and you know there are others who are dispersed all over France as well. So it um, it depends, but there's a lot of us, and there's more and more, a lot more students, a lot more people who are coming for love. There, awesome. there are some who are coming um, as refugees. Yeah. There are others who are coming, you know, to start over their lives. Mm. Uh, so there's a lot of um, there's a <laughs> variety. Of different Jamaicans who are coming now, and um, you know you would have thought that the language would have been a barrier, but a lot of Jamaicans are coming to to, to France. Now.
0: Yeah, because that's really awesome. Because um, I was thinking about you said that how well from an early age you were you had a passion about everything about the um, the French culture and stuff. So now you're living in you know they would say that in your America you live in the American dream so now you live in the French dream <laughs> type that's of enough. thing you know so is there anything that you miss about Jamaica and, and what what is it?
1: I think that the thing I miss even though I think maybe Jamaica is losing it now but it's that community spirit mm. uh, living in Paris I don't even know the name of my neighbor who lives um whether above me or below me and i've been living here for 10 years in the same Mm -hmm. apartment so there's not that community spirit there's not that fellowship you know when you go to church in jamaica you stay for like two three hours just talking about just about anything or in our communities we used to play it whether it was outside games or ring games or things like that there's not that it's really individualistic here in France and even uh, I find, even for some of my projects, sometimes I tend to feel alone because it's so difficult to to get people to to fellowship, get people to share, get people to care, get people to, you know, federate, work on projects together and, and things like that. It's really difficult. Sometimes it's a really lonely road And it's the nature of developed countries, developed cities, as opposed to you know the country in Jamaica. We know everybody from the first gate to the last uh, gate. Everybody who pregnant. Everybody who yeah. Everybody
0: business.
1: Yeah. Everybody business. You know. Mm. Um, I don't necessarily miss the gossiping nature of it. (laughs) I understand. (laughs) But you know that sense of community. Mm. Definitely. Do you know what? And of course
0: the food <laughs> oh gosh we can't the forget food. about the food either we're gonna get onto that but you know what you I so agree with you with regards to I mean my mom's Jamaican my daddy's from Barbados so you know the Caribbean I love all the islands you know and that's one thing that whenever I'm whatever island that I tend to travel to, I do miss that when I come back to the UK, that you know your neighbor, you know that say if it is mango season, you know that you could wake up one morning and Mr. Whoever down the road will give you like 20 mangoes type of thing because there's so many, do you know what I mean? So I definitely understand yeah. that as a miss, that that you're missing that. So you said you're yeah. also missing the food. So what is your what's the thing that you most miss in terms of the
1: food about Jamaica? <laughs> Well, this is an interesting one because I was on my live, I was on my YouTube live recently, and you know we were talking about Jamaican food, and I realized that I didn't eat a lot of (laughs) Jamaican food. So (laughs) cocoa, cooked breadfruit, Mm. uh, those things I don't eat. Oh, but you can give me the roast breadfruit, the ackee and saltfish. You can give me the jerk chicken, jerk pork. You know, I, there's a lot. I love the fruits. Oh my God, it apple. What I would give for an otaite apple or a a, a Robin mango. Oh my goodness. Mm. So I'm, I'm missing a lot of the food, even though you know things like cold foot and cold skin. I don't really fancy, mm. but you know.
0: <laughs> but you don't have.
1: That
0: I do. So you. So is there any sort of like um, shops or? Um, in Paris especially because Paris is similar to London the same isn't it type of thing, in terms of the diversity yeah. and the, the the many different cultures that are living there so do they have like um, Jamaican food shops and you know different cultures food shops in
1: Paris? Uh, we have exotic shops mm. where you can find some products right but in terms of Jamaican products it's a bit difficult to find certain okay. things okay uh, you might find um, African varieties of like mangoes, which is not that diverse. Mm-hmm. You might find uh, the only Jamaican products I've found here are like pimento, pimento seeds, oh, yeah. or ginger beer. But in terms of real Jamaican, even Jamaican groceries, we don't have. And uh, that's something I've started during the pandemic. You know, we were in lockdown, I was teaching from home. As, like, there's a need for Jamaican products. So I decided, you know, to start to find suppliers in Europe, UK, to supply me with Jamaican products. So now I actually sell that as a a side income, which came about during the pandemic. You know, before the pandemic, I would never have thought that I was going to be selling Jamaican products and that sort of thing. You know, we started to think negatively about vending and higlering and whatever but it's now something that i'm doing because of the pandemic you know sometimes you the simple things that you've ignored over the years you find that you know during this lockdown you're able to think put your thoughts together and to see certain opportunities so it's not just all negative there's a lot of things that we can do you know, we can change, we can modify in order to overcome these difficult times.
0: That's so true, you know, Edward, because, um, you know, COVID, the past year of COVID, the, it's been swings and roundabouts, isn't it? But we have to be, we have to try to um, wire ourselves to think of this in a positive way. So what have you been doing during this time to, so that as we're coming to the endemic, because they're calling it the endemic, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know the things that we can take away in a positive way do you know what i mean but it has been challenging i found this time very 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 challenging without a shadow of a doubt but you know throughout the months and the weeks and the days i'm trying to you know be a bit more positive about it all you know as as you said you saw an opportunity and you went from it and who knows this could easily turn into a full-time business right definitely
1: Definitely. That's the objective, you know. Mm. I'm very passionate about Jamaica and the Jamaican culture. And bringing the Jamaican culture to Paris is really mm. um, my passion and to France. And uh, when I say Jamaican culture, I'm not just talking music, I'm mm. not just talking the dance, I'm not just talking sport, but I'm talking the literature, I'm talking the politics, I'm talking the religion, I'm talking the food, I'm talking. Uh, you know, the educational aspects, the entire culture, fashion, theater, cinema, there's so much more to the Jamaican culture than just gyrating and whining, even though that has its place, but there's a lot more. I think pound for pound, we are the greatest nation on the planet, pound for pound. And so, you know, bringing the positive elements of the culture to Europeans is really my passion. So that's one of the things I've really been working on during this you know, pandemic. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I have a lot of ideas, but how do I fine-tune them? How do I make sure that they're professional and not just, you know, okay, a friend thing or something like that, you know? So uh, allows me a lot of time to reflect and to perfect you know to be able to execute even greater projects as you said
0: yeah that is so awesome because i'm thinking about um you know you are so courageous i'm going to say courageous because coming from beautiful islands of jamaica or anywhere part of the world but thinking about you're going to pack up your bags and you're going to move to another country and english is not the first language as yeah. well type of thing obviously you're bilingual how long have you been living in france now
1: so this is actually my 19th year. Wow, okay. I came here when I was 20. <laughs> so this is my 19th year.
0: Okay. And, so the uh, only French that I know is, ça va bien? Ça va très bien. <laughs> right, you know, and um, obviously, bonjour, you know, and au revoir, <laughs> you know? Uh,
1: not bad, not bad, not bad.
0: So like, when in your first year of France, like you traveled, did you go from Kingston or Montego Bay Airport?
1: I traveled from Kingston. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I was actually traumatized coming because I remember they cut my suitcase and you know when. As a matter of fact, they, they used a knife. They slit my suitcase, and I saw like dust, like white dust coming out, and I'm like, Jesus have mercy! I want to spank me. What kind of white dust is that coming out of me? I'm shaking nervous. <laughs> of oh family. no! What is? But it was just the, um, it was just the, the case that had a, it was a, like a sort of board. Okay, yeah. At, the, mm-hmm. at the, the base. So that was what was sending all this, this dust. <laughs> but I was panicking. So I came here, it was a bit difficult because, you know, me don't know nothing about cold weather. I'm coming, it's, it was so cold, I didn't have, I remember the little sweater I had, it just could not do anything. And uh, I didn't get a welcome that I was expecting from the school. So I was pretty much left by myself in this, um, in the in the school building. They had like some residents on the school property, but nobody lived there. I was the only one. Um, so I was there for three days and three nights. I remember I was crying. I was depressed. I was so, you know, shocked that I was here in a foreign land, in a foreign country, and pretty much in prison because I didn't have the keys. I couldn't go out as I wanted, etc. So it was very difficult those first three days. And then the second week, actually, a teacher um, said I could stay with him for like two weeks, and then I moved to a residence, and then I to an apartment so it was difficult to find accommodation when I just got here and of course the salary that I was getting at the time wasn't sufficient you have student loan to repay so it took time to adjust and I think because I was so young I was so immature I wasn't exposed to anything apart from you know country um I didn't come with a plan I didn't come with um ideas I just came not knowing what to expect and uh, pretty much I didn't have any goal for a few years you know I was just (laughs) trying to make ends meet and uh, it wasn't until I came to Paris I have you know got a proper job stable job and then I started to you know build and build and build and build but initially it was quite difficult it was very difficult
0: so what lessons have you learned, you know, that you can share in terms of, and you said it's difficult, it was very difficult, you, you know, you were depressed, but luckily that, you know, you had, a, a, you know, a friend who's welcomed you into their homes. He was able to stay during the early years, but what lessons have you learned and going forward?
1: I think the first one is to believe in yourself because even when you have the potential and even when you have shown all your qualities, people might not necessarily believe in you. And as I said earlier, it can be a lonely road sometimes because you're the only one who is going to believe in yourself. And as somebody said, learning to love yourself is the greatest love of all. So believe in yourself. Uh, My second message, obviously, would be, um, Something that my physics teacher used to say, he used to say, if you fail to prepare, prepare to fail, you should always prepare for what you're gonna be doing. I say to the new people who are coming to France, for example, don't just come and expect that, okay, you're gonna find a job, make money. Come with a plan, come with an action plan. What are you going to do to make sure that this is a success? Does it mean that you're going to, make flyers and go and stick them up all over the city so that you can give some extra English classes to make some extra money? Does it mean that you're going to have to knock on some companies and force them to employ you? Does it mean that you're going to take your phone and film yourself with your talent and you know marketing yourself online? You need a plan. You need to prepare for the future. And now is the best time to get our acts together because nobody is... Um, before when people used to be patient and people used to be care for others we we don't have that anymore it's a virtual world now it's emotions are virtual people don't want to call anybody anymore it's all text messages it's all um forwards i have people who the only thing they do they send me articles and links they're never going to say how are you what's up are you struggling with anything things like that so you know it's important to prepare, and of course, uh, you have to always work, work to improve. The heights by great men reached and kept were not attained by sudden flight, but while their companions slept, they were working throughout the night. So you know, work at your goals, work at your objectives, go for it. Never let anybody tell you that you cannot achieve it. Don't be concerned about people and people's opinions. I remember that's something one of my friends said when I was in Jamaica, like over 20 odd years ago and I, it never left me. And he was like, I'm, deve- I'm, I'm delivered from people's opinion. And at the time, I didn't even know what it meant but it's an expression that has stayed with me over the years, you know, don't be concerned. They're always gonna criticize you. If you do a podcast, they're not gonna criticize you if you. Fail, they're gonna criticize you. If you're fat, you're criticized. If you're slim, their people are always going to find so true, negativity. so true. So you know, go for it. Go for it. Believe in yourself. Go for your dreams, and um, don't set limits. You know, to to your abilities.
0: It was so good to um, hear about your your journey. You know, moving from or well, leaving Jamaica and now living in France for the past nineteen years. Yeah. Um, so in terms of like the expat community in France, what is it like?
1: Oh, um, as I said before, we had an, we usually have like annual gatherings like the annual Jamaican picnic, which is the biggest event here. Uh, that used to be organized by me when I was president because I created the Association of Jamaican Nationals prior to JAMFAE. And um, once I did my term as president, I I gave it up. But I was too passionate about Jamaica to just neglect my vision. And so that's when I created Jamfit. And the idea of Jamfit is to create opportunities for brand Jamaica. So we look, for example, at bringing in Jamaican products, bringing in Jamaican talent, bringing in Jamaican. Cinema. So, for example, I'm working on the first Caribbean film festival in Paris for, well, it should have been this year, but obviously because of COVID. Hopefully, next year we'll be able to do it. Awesome. Um, To expose the Caribbean cinema. Uh, 2019, I organized with the Jamfit the first. I call it Grand Market here in France, Jam Market, which is the Cultural and Commercial Expo. What it does is that it allows people to have their stands and to discover different Jamaican brands, different products. We had companies coming over. We had companies like Victoria Mutual, Taiju coming over to show what they do and At the same event, we are projecting Jamaican films and we have speeches and, you know, lectures by Jamaicans who are living here. So it's a cultural expo and also a commercial expo giving brands the opportunity to meet potential clients, potential buyers. So that's the jam market in French, but grand market. So for those of us who are Jamaican, that um, yeah, so I would like for that to be the reference event for Europeans, you know, to come over. Um, you're a Jamaican making, I don't know, castor oil in the UK. You can jump on the train to come over to highlight your product to potential clients in, in France. So that's one thing. Uh, with Jamfet, I'm also, as I said, you have to prepare. So as you know, 2024 will be the Olympic Games in Paris. And so, what I'm doing at the moment is building my brand to ensure that by 2024, when the Jamaicans come here for the Olympics, Jamfret would have already been here waiting to welcome you, whether it's at the fan zone, whether I shouldn't be talking too much about ideas. You know. Yes, you got sh- a <laughs> yeah, have a lot of fun. <laughs> but, you know, we want to make sure that when you get here, Jamfet will be the reference for Jamaicans um, in 2024. And so, you know, at the moment, it's really about building the brand. We're organizing like brunches. We organize afterworks. And only recently we launched our YouTube channel. Launched our YouTube channel.
0: I'm subscribed
1: to it. It's Jamfet France at the moment, It will probably be Jamfet Europe soon and Jamfet Mm. World, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Why not? But um, the idea is twofold. It's one to highlight Jamaicans in France, but it's also to highlight the Jamaican culture. So one of the things that I'm doing on Jamfet is to bring back the art of storytelling, announcing stories, things like that that we are losing from the tradition, bring it back things like, for example, we recently spoke about, went down Jamaican memory lane, and we brought up some of the memories of the things we used to do as children. And one of the things that struck me the most was somebody who said, do you remember when we used to use the flower to patch the pots? And that's so true because sometimes the pots would get holes in them, and we would take a piece of the flower that we would need, and we would, use it to patch the pots. Oh, <laughs> and I I remember that. Yeah. Doing that. I must ask yeah. my mom about that. If she remembers that. Wow. Definitely. So it's about bringing Jamaicans back into memory lane, but it's really celebrating Jam fet. is French for to celebrate. So it's to celebrate the Jamaican culture and to promote the Jamaican culture. <laughs> and that's the whole objective of Jam And uh everything but how did we get doing. in
0: contact with you? What's what's your
1: social handles? So it's easy. We're on all the social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. TikTok as well, you're nice. Yes, yes. And and it's at Jamfet, J-A-M-F-E-T-E. So that's easy. Uh, We're launching our website soon, which is jamfet.com. And we also have French pages. So, for example, on Instagram, we have Jamfet FR, which is the French version of Jamfet. And on Facebook, we have Jamfet FR as well, which is La Culture Jamaican en France, oh. Jamaican culture in France. So, because we want to highlight also the fact that we are bilingual, we are bicultural. So we're promoting the French culture in Jamaica, you know? we're promoting learning a language because it's very useful to learn a foreign language and uh, you know so we're looking at for example for september we're looking at giving out some scholarships probably a few ipads
0: awesome. i believe
1: in giving back awesome. i really believe in giving back so of course money is good i want to make money yeah i'm not it's not taboo i want to make money but I really want to give back <laughs> as yeah, well. Awesome, so, awesome. Yeah, awesome,
0: awesome. That is really, really good because um, I know there are a lot of people who live in a diaspora who wants to give back to you know their native birth country, and that is absolutely amazing. Every time I go to Jamaica, I always make sure that I rally around friends and family and mm-hmm. we need donate, you know, like sanitary towels, nappies, um, clothes. The last time I was there was 2019. And um, myself, my mum, and one of my good friends, Amanda, we actually went to a a school up in Montego Bay, but it was for people who had disabilities and learning difficulties as well. But it was so good to be able to give back. You know, it's quite a selfish thought that you want to give back because it makes you feel feel good about yourself, isn't it? But it was such a wonderful thing to do and to see, how appreciative the school um, was because of the gifts that, that we gave them. You know, yeah, so that is absolutely- you'd be
1: surprised at how many lives will be impacted. You, know? mm. you my objective is to touch just one life. So yeah. if I'm able to touch one person, make mm. that person a better person, uh, who doesn't look to violence or drugs or those type of things as a solution, then you know I would have accomplished. My 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 job on earth,
0: you know. Definitely awesome. So just a thing, I know we're gonna go um, left. I'm going left now, right? So let's talk about food again. So you said in Jamaica, missing your ackee and your saltfish and Definitely. your breadfruit and everything. Fry, fry so what fry about <laughs> what fry, Oh, <laughs> fried breadfruit. I'll say <Okay. laughs> I can eat breadfruit every which way. Yeah, <laughs> favorite one is at the yellow heart? Yellow heart breadfruit. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Right, listen, let me tell you, any which way, breadfruit, but in terms of you being in France, like, I'm going, to, you know what, I've never been to Paris, you know, never, oh. and I'm in the UK, London, oh,
1: so <laughs> never We're been. definitely going to have to change that.
0: Yeah, so. I've been to Boulogne, my dad oh. is part of this, was part of this um, Barbadian overseas um, committee type of thing. Okay. And um, we would go to France, but we would go to Boulogne.
1: Lovely. We would go okay. to
0: buy, you know, like croissants and beer and mm. wine. This was ages ago, you know, yeah. when yeah. France opened up type of thing. So if I was to go to Paris, right, what is the thing that you would say to me, Sophia, you must make sure you eat this and you must make sure you go to this place?
1: Oh. My favorite place in Paris is actually the Sacré-Cœur, which is... Sacred Heart, for those who are not so familiar with the French. So it's a church that sits atop a hill that overlooks the city. The view is absolutely amazing. Of course, most people love to see the Eiffel Tower, you know, the Grand uh, Iron Lady of Paris, the Eiffel Tower. And of course, the Notre Dame, which unfortunately, had a fire a few years ago. Oh, yeah, I remember and that. They're trying to restore it. But the Notre Dame is an absolute beauty as well. And if you're doing shopping, you might want to try the most beautiful avenue in the world, which is the Champs-Élysées. All the brands are there, all the luxurious shopping. And you know, you can find deals there as well. So, you know, they're amazing. In terms of food. <laughs> My favorite food is actually moule frites. moule frites, fries, and mussels. Uh, I love that. I also love magret du canard. Magret du canard is duck. It's like a sort of stew duck, which is really nice. And uh, what else do I like? Oh, you have also raclette. Raclette is... Um, even though I'm not a fan of French cheese, mm-hmm. raclette is like a cheese night. So you have different types of cheese that you melt and you eat with your friends or family. So those are some nice food. I've never tried snails, unfortunately. And I've not tried frog's legs. Uh, I need to, I need to.
0: Yeah, you've been living there <laughs> for 19 years, you know. I
1: know. You're yeah. a little bit more open,
0: mm-hmm. but um, yeah. Awesome. I have gotten such a great insight and I'm quite inspired, you know, to be honest, I'm always inspired by people who have, you know, taken the courage and it is very courageous for you to leave one country and move to another. So as we're wrapping up now, I would love you to end um, sharing a positive word to our listeners, you know, who people could be thinking, you know what, Um, I want to move from where I am and travel and live in another country but they're sort of like a bit hesitant, they're unsure so in French would you or could you just share a final word of inspiration for our listeners in French? yeah in French (laughs)
1: d'accord donc ce que je dirais c'est que dans la vie il faut vraiment y croire il faut y croire à tout instant, et si vous avez des projets, il faut vraiment se préparer, il faut bien travailler, et il faut y croire que vous allez réaliser vos projets, vous allez réaliser vos rêves, mais il n'y a rien qui est facile, il faut vraiment travailler, travailler, travailler dur, et il faut surtout que vous croyez en vous-même,
0: You know I'm going to ask what that is in English, right? (laughs) You know I need a translation, right? (laughs) So what is that in English? What did you say in English?
1: In English, I was saying that, you know, you can realize your dreams. It's important for you to believe in yourself, believe in your dreams, and hard work will guarantee you success.
0: Hey everyone, this is your host Sophia Lewis and thank you so much for listening to this episode of Employability Matters, a careers and job related podcast where we dive into all topics associated with the world of work. Thank you for subscribing. I very much appreciate your support and remember to share with your family and friends. It would be appreciated if you could leave a great review on our YouTube channel, Anchor FM, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I will be back next week for another great episode. So until then, remember, employability matters.